Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? When are you guys going to learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts. It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood, gangsters. Holler about Trump 2024, you heard me. Woo woo! Wah! Gangsters! The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't we ain't stupid, man. American people, man. We ain't we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask and all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's gonna be man nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new jack man nobody. Nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up, you heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's going to be, because we ain't having nothing else. From sea to shining sea. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program on the clock. Remember the podcast, Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite listening material. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. If Donald Trump, and I do believe he's got this binder of goods, the binder of goods that shows how Barack Obama has been behind all of this, how the CIA has been dirty, how the FBI has been dirty for years. And you have to say to yourself, why doesn't he just drop it? Why doesn't he just put it out there? He would win in a landslide. Because that's not how it's got to be. It's got to be in these smaller digestible pieces so that we can awaken the sleeping in a, in a slow way. We used to have a nanny, wonderful gal. She was fantastic. This is when my my last two sons were born. She had five kids under the age of nine. And she was fantastic. The one rub the kids had with her is that they'd take naps and she would come in the room and she'd open up the door and she'd throw up the blinds and she'd be really loud. Come on, let's go. And it was very, uh, it was very loud and it was unsettling and they hated that. You need to be awakened slowly right? Gradually until you're a little bit more than you're wide awake alert. That's what this needs to be. And it's going to continue every single day up until the 2024 election. So let's talk now about this. George Soros, if there was a, a personal physical embodiment of, of yuck, I see it in his face. This man has had more money to do more damage in this country. And it makes me angry. I I don't see anything that he gets behind as much as they want to wrap it up in a bow as something benevolent, something philanthropic. It's there's always something gross. And I see this now and it scares the everlasting liver out of me as an advocate of of free speech, of, of, of abundant voices, of many platforms and options so that you choose 
The worst thing that can happen to us is the, the voices get smaller and fewer in between. The headline that George Soros wants to buy $400 million of the radio company Odyssey's debt and absorb control of more than 200 of those radio stations, 23 of which, if I'm not mistaken, are in the top 25 largest markets, scares me to death. This is not good. How is this, e- how is this even being talked about? Right. It's like us saying, you know, I, I don't know. We, we need a big buyer for this thing that we're doing. We're going under. Right. Who, who do we get? Well, let's call Star Wars and get the emperor because that sounds like a great idea. Right. That is George Soros to me. He's not even Darth Vader. He's Darth Vader's daddy. That's how I feel. His ruler. Dark. Washington Times breaking the story. George Soros scoops up 220 U.S. radio stations ahead of the 2024 election. He's purchased a potentially controlling stake in America's second largest chain of radio stations. And according to bankruptcy filings cited Wednesday in the New York Post, his Soros fund management has bought $400 million of debt in the Odyssey chain. The Post reported that the fund's stake comes to about 40% of Odyssey's debt at a value of about 50 cents on the dollar. Although not a majority, that could yield effective control of the media giant when it emerges from bankruptcy. And this is gross. His payback is going to be ownership in the company. Stock. A Republican insider close to the situation told the Post Soros could be making the election year purchase in an influence to in a bid rather to influence public opinion. Really? Is that what you think is going? Of course, that's what's going on. Of course. What is the main source? Traditionally, historically of conservative conversation talk radio on the am dial where i have enjoyed living for multiple years you don't think that that's exact of course this is of course this is what is going on odyssey filed for bankruptcy january 7th with almost two billion dollars of debt and its chapter 11 plan will likely wipe out the value for its current shareholders the proposal requires court approval. Now, I don't know if you guys ever follow Leo Terrell. He, I find him fascinating. I believe he's lawyer, scholar, and he writes this on his blog. He says, left-wing billionaire George Soros buying hundreds of American radio stations ahead of the 2024 election. Why is this even considered as a, as a viable option? How, how is this even possible? And let's talk about these stations. 32 of these 220 radio stations are the news talk format, my format, in 29 states. And the New York Post, quoting people, of course, saying that this is scary. George Soros fund poised to take control of the nation's second largest chain of radio stations. This is where the this is scary quote comes from. I'm over on the New York Post now. 
I mean, we've seen what this guy has done to the district attorneys in this country. Who has he funded? Alvin Bragg, Letitia James, and others. Think about Illinois. Think about California. Think about DAs in Los Angeles and the old DA in Philly. Uh, This man, this dark, looming billionaire of sock, has totally upended the idea of justice in this country. With his funding, certain people have won in certain places where all of a sudden these very big court cases against Donald Trump have popped forward. It's almost like it's also calculated. It's almost like it feels like that November 3rd, 2020, 3.30 p.m. phone call as elections officials and Democrat operatives in all 50 states were looking at what was going on and dropped a collective, holy boop, get on this phone call with us. And who did? All of the Democrat Secretary of State's office, secretaries of state offices. Now, just as a as a performer, as a as an independent entrepreneur, radio station owner, not station, but brand owner for George Soros to come in and silence the voices of people to determine the direction possibly of that station's talk to potentially pull the plug on the ability of people like you and like me to communicate in a format such as this? How many of those radio stations might we surmise carry this program or every other conservative talk host out there? And how long before that silencing effect happens? Brock, I want to give you the last minute here because I know this this matters specifically to you. You worked for one of these companies for decades. Yeah, what really scares me is radio is in the syndication market right now. So you drive around the country, you heard Rush Limbaugh 24 hours a day. Some radio station was carrying Rush Limbaugh 24 hours a day. So you have a few companies that own the big names, like the Dan Bonginos, the Glenn Becks, the Sean Hannity's. All these radio stations take the same shows. So all it does is... George Soros coming in at owning 40% and say, you know what? I have enough money to make it all local. So let's um, let's end our agreement with Westwood One. Let's end our agreement with Premier Radio, who is the biggest, baddest in the, in the, the radio market. Let's end our contract with them. Well, that takes away the Sean Hannity's, the Glenn Beck's, the Mark Levin's. All these voices that you hear every every single day with one swipe of the pen and it it's going to be it's gone. and it's going to be likely allowed and this is absolutely terrifying so obviously we're going to keep our eyes on this story ladies and gentlemen when we come back it seems like the black and the hispanic voter uh in a in a staggering new poll They're bailing on the Democratic Party. Bailing. Is this why the left is gambling on the migrants to take their spots? I don't know, but let's talk about this poll next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.
It's so weird that much of what we are living through is completely contrary to the messages that we share with our children. Because every parent's objective, and I will speak for mine, is to raise children who are independent thinkers, who know how to uh, question, who know how to act independently, to, to try to make the best decisions they can, knowing full well that we are inherently fallible. But the, the ability to get a diversified smorgasbord of ideas and instead homogenizing those ideas and perhaps carving out the conservative conversation, which is tried and true, it's tested. It's time honored. You know, what we stand for is the opposite of radical. Which is why I, I always thought it was so funny that they were trying to demonize these, this idea of MAGA Republicans or, or make ugly this, this notion of making America great again. There, there is no more noble endeavor, you know, save for creating the best and raising the best children you know how to, to carry the legacy of this beautiful place forward. We, this is just, it's, it's a very unsettling time. And, and I feel that with you as well. I'm not the only one. Uh, and I'm seeing this from the Washington Times today, headline that black and Hispanic voters, are, they're not just like drifting away from, they're not just walking away. I've heard some, some people call it the plantation of, of liberalism. They're bailing on the Democratic Party. Just 27% of adults identify as Democrats. Black and Hispanic adults identify as Democrats. This is a, the lowest in Gallup poll history. And this just dropped this week. The Democratic Party's historically strong support within several key demographics is waning heavily with blacks and Hispanics jumping ship in droves. Despite maintaining a noticeable majority within the African-American community, the Democratic lead has decreased by an astounding 20 percentage points. What? 20 percentage points throughout just the last three years? Th that is cataclysmic failure. And I believe that's... That's part of the fuel on the fire of this scramble to cover up what they've done, to run interference, create alternate scenarios where you can be distracted and smoke screened, to continually point fingers at their favorite demons, Russia, Donald Trump, MAGA Republicans, to wrap it all in these in these words that sound like you'd get behind them, like, you know. Threats to democracy or we're doing this for national security. Like who would say I'm not for national security, but it's always a bogus reason. And how interesting that the black and Hispanic voters are not being conned. Again, I keep going back to that white liberal college educated woman who's in the subwar suburbs as a as a wine drinking soccer mom. Like she's the person I blame not somebody who's black or Hispanic or living within an urban environment because they're living in it every damn day. And now it's getting, it's being shipped out to the suburbs. 
What's more, the party's foothold with Hispanic adults and young people has similarly retracted, leaving the Democrats grasping onto a minor advantage. Is the college-educated student the, the indoctrinated brand of the Democratic Party? Is that why Joe Biden is so desperate to, to cut all of their student loan debt? Vote for me. Be in my pocket. I need you because everybody else is awake. And you might be the only people who are dumb enough to still believe what I'm saying. A look at the gender divide reveals that Democrats have lost their previously equal standing with men since 2009. And a similar pattern has emerged with the non-college-educated demographic, among whom Democrats now trail Republicans. We're seeing a major shift. The year 2023 saw a stark dip in Democratic identification among the overall electorate, to just 27%. It's the lowest measure in Gallup's ongoing research, with only only 43% of U.S. adults either directly aligning with or leaning toward the Democratic Party. The dwindling figures reveal a new challenge for the party strategists. And the Democratic decline among Hispanic voters is similarly pronounced, hitting a new low in 2023, a trend that started being closely monitored. In 2011, during Barack Obama. What does Donald Trump come out and say to these people? Vote for me. What have you to lose? Give me a try. You see what they've done to you on the left. You've seen what voting Democrat has done to you. And now with immigration in the crosshairs of 2024, do you think Hispanic voters in this country are down with an invasion And a preference of people over themselves who are lawful, hardworking, taxpaying citizens? I don't know, friends. All right, when we come back, let's talk about this. I want to discuss this this whole idea of, of our elections being safe and secure. I mean, we know that they're not. But there was an expose that blew this out of the water. And it didn't come from a political entity. I've got it for you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. I think the the more urgent we heard the message on the left leading up to the election of 2020, the more we heard the promise that you can trust us This is the best election ever. This is it's going to be safer and more secure than anything you could possibly imagine. Had all of us going, who are you trying to convince? Because the more you fall over yourself to create that story, the more we know we're getting lied to. And as I've said on this program multiple times, when then Attorney General of Pennsylvania and now Governor of Suck, Josh Shapiro, came out and said to everybody, and and we had it on our radio show, and we were like, say what? He said what? And he said, when all the votes are counted, Joe Biden will be the winner. That was enough for us. I'm like, well, they're rigging it. Of course they're rigging it. All these last minute moves. Allow all of these mail-in ballots to come in from hither and yon. Don't worry about the timestamp. Don't worry about when they were mailed in. Don't worry about the rules. Don't worry about signature verification. These are unprecedented times. We're in COVID. I mean, we're just flying by the seat of our pants. We're doing the best we can, right? I think all of us were like, come on now. 
So this was very interesting that there is an there's a nonprofit. It's a 501c3. This is not an independent journalist. This is not somebody in the mainstream news who all of a sudden had smelling salts. And they're like, what? Oh, my gosh, I forgot how to do my job. That's not what this is. There's an organization called the Public Interest Legal Foundation. And the Public Interest Legal Foundation's sole objective is to put the feet of secretaries of state and other elections officials to the fire when proof of malfeasance and fraud is found. So that in accordance to the Constitution, everybody has a vote and it is not stolen by somebody who gives it to someone else. All right. So they did this. The investigators, they've got all these lawyers and they file lawsuits and they do all this stuff. They are the thorn in the side of anyone who wants to try to steal an election. They did a a little investigation, if you will, which wasn't little at all. It was a dive into Michigan's voter rolls heading into this coming up election. And they've been they've been on this in Michigan for a reason since 2020. Because Jocelyn Benson, as the Secretary of State, did nothing to clean up the dirty voter rolls. Well, if you need an insurance policy that your guy or gal is going to get across the finish line, there's nothing quite like people who don't exist or people who vote in multiple places or people who vote more than once or people who are dead to help you. And that's exactly what they've done. Now, this national or rather this public interest legal foundation filed a lawsuit claiming that 25,000, 25 freaking thousand, 975 dead residents, registrants, I should say, remain on Michigan's voter rolls. I mean, what do we know about Georgia? That was decided by what? Less than 20,000 votes, fewer than 20,000 votes. Pennsylvania, 80,555, allegedly, that we're told. 25, nearly 26,000 dead residents remain on Michigan's voter rolls. And despite their dogged attempts to tell Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, she's not done anything about it. So they filed a lawsuit. Beyond this, this group, this 501c3 that's doing all of the work and put it out in a report and presented it to the Secretary of State, found that nearly 4,000 people on Michigan voter rolls have been dead for at least 20 years. And so what does this gal do? She's the communications gal for this, this group, this public interest legal foundation. She goes to the cemetery. And she finds the headstones of the people who are dead who've been voting in Michigan's elections. And you've got to hear this. Audio sound by number one, she describes this situation, how serious it is, how twisted it is, and how she's tried endlessly to get anybody at the Secretary of State's office to pay attention. Go. Unfortunately, Michigan has a history of errors and chaos in its election administration. The state has colossal problems on their voter rolls. These errors are important because voter rolls are the most essential election integrity document. The voter roll tells election officials who is eligible to vote. Each error on the voter rolls is a vulnerability in our elections. The Public Interest Legal Foundation notified Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson and local election officials about errors on the voter roll years ago. 
We even put out a report detailing thousands of errors on Michigan's voter rolls, including foreign nationals registered to vote, people registered more than once, and registrants with implausible birth years. For example, PILF researchers found a person on the voter roll whose year of birth was listed as 1823. That's 14 years before Michigan even became a state. This person was registered to vote in 2008, so it was either an invalid birth year or election officials are failing at entering basic data. And here's the thing. The stall tactic, run out the clock, not respond to the to the request, do nothing about it, pretend that you don't see it, blah, 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 I do not hear you and see you, is not good enough. So she goes to the cemetery. Her name is Lauren Biss. Again, she is the head of communications for this public interest legal foundation that is doing the work of journalists who long ago stopped knowing how to be journalists. And for secretaries of state who had no intention of cleaning up anything because they need the votes. Go. Pauline Shemanda died in 1990. That's over 32 years that she's been on the voter roll after her death. There is no excuse for that. There have been 16 federal elections since Pauline passed away. The hit movies the year she died were Home Alone and Pretty Woman. On our list of deceased registrants, nearly 4,000 individuals died at least two decades ago. Mary Stislicki is one of them. She was born before World War I even started. If alive today, she'd be 110 years old, but she still remains on Michigan's voter roll. Dennis Flieger passed away 25 years ago. To put that into perspective, that's the year Bill Clinton was impeached. There have been 13 federal election cycles since his death. There is no reason for him to still be on the voter roll. Now, they have no other recourse than to go directly to the secretary of state and say, this is what we have. And the secretary of state has refused to get involved, has refused to acknowledge the problem, has refused to do her freaking job. So don't tell us that these are the safest, most freaking secure elections ever because they are not. And we know it. And so here is Ms. Biss saying, we are no strangers to Jocelyn Benson's office. For some reason, she won't really respond to us. But on November 3rd of 2020, and this is my anecdotal sidebar, she was on a on an emergency phone call with 250 other individuals at 3.30 p.m. as Joe Biden was losing in the presidential election. Audio soundbite number three. For years, Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson ignored our reports on heirs in her state's voter roll. In September 2020, PILF attorneys sent her office a letter alerting her to approximately 34,000 registrants who appeared to be deceased. And yes, some of these individuals have post-death vote credits. This is a phenomenon we also found in Pennsylvania. One such individual the Public Interest Legal Foundation uncovered was Judith Presto. Presto voted in the 2020 election in Pennsylvania. She died in 2013. Closer examination of our data revealed her husband registered and voted for her following her death. After more than a year of inaction by Secretary Benson, 
Hill filed a lawsuit under Section 8 of the National Voter Registration Act over Benson's failure to make reasonable efforts to remove deceased registrants from the voter roll, as required by federal law. Over 17,000 of the registrants on the Public Interest Legal Foundation's list passed away over a decade ago, as the state's chief election official, Jocelyn Benson, is ultimately responsible for voter list maintenance. She is failing at her job. You have independent groups, like this Public Interest Legal Foundation, like the Heritage Foundation, independent journalists who don't want to be corralled by the parameters of news organizations that make certain subjects off limits, which make all of us who believe in the First Amendment very uncomfortable. They're forcing these people now out into the open. But here's the rub. So what if the Public Interest Legal Foundation takes this case to court? They're reliant upon judges being honorable. And how do you feel about that now? It's the same way I felt this morning when I got into the car and I heard the big headlines were all about Russia wanting to do something with nuclear weapons. What? And I believe no one anymore. It is the job of a secretary of state, the job to maintain those voter rolls, to ensure that our elections aren't corrupted. And what did the major news organizations do? They prohibited their people from ever talking about what really happened and created the idea of a big lie. Well, how's that gonna, how's that gonna age? Because it's not. And if all of the polls are any indication, it's not just white voters who are awake. It's your black and Hispanic voters of younger ages who see exactly what is going on. Dead voters. And by the way, that didn't involve all of the voters who voted more than once or who voted in more than one location or whose address is an empty parking lot or a post office box or a business that doesn't exist. It's got to be election day, in-person election day, period. When we come back, Remember all those calls to defund the police? Well, yeah, that hasn't gone over so well. We got to take you somewhere because the danger just isn't worth it anymore. Retailers are leaving America's cities. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. If there was ever a way we could eliminate all of the people who want to control what we see, what we think, what we say, what we know, how we vote, the decisions that we make, if we could get these people out of the way and we could leave the American people to their own recognizance, as it should be, the public will decide. That is the whole idea of a constitutional republic. 
We have representatives. These representatives are working for us. But somehow along the way, this has become upside down, where we are these little chess pieces that are moved around and we are endless piggy banks. And that's not at all what we signed up for. I think about where we came from, as I'm excited about all of these changes going on in the world, as people are tuning out television stations or networks that for too long have lied to them. You're not worth it to me anymore. And they cut the cord. And they go online and they find somebody like me. Or, or think about it. We started out and we put out our, our signal. We pay. I pay to be able to broadcast up to a satellite. This signal for this radio show. Any station out there. I am so confident in what I do. And why it's important and what we are on a mission to accomplish. We put it out there for any radio station to take. And people have. We're in Houston, Texas now, ladies and gentlemen. Top 10 radio market in the United States. We just signed up in Florida. I don't have some big company on my side. Nobody's out there pushing my name. I'm not represented by a fat contract. I've signed no legal documents. I just said to Brock, you know what? We're going to work our tails off. And we're going to put it out there. And we're going to show up on Thanksgiving. And we're going to show up on the day after. And we're going to work harder than everybody else. And we are going to tell the truth. And we're going to put it in God's hands. And look at what happens. Doors are opened and ears are hearing us because of you. The public will decide who sinks and who swims. And it's well past time for these people who want to control everything to get the hell out of our way. We know how to create the best products. We know how to innovate. We know how to raise our children. We know how to self-police. We know how to do all of it. And what do we have now as a consequence of this big brother mentality? Because they are afraid that you're going to find out for how long they have sucked and to what a degree. We have American cities under siege. I'm reading this headline from the Washington Times. It breaks my heart. Retailers legitimately are fleeing cities as unarmed security and public authorities fail to stop thefts. Is anybody even remotely surprised by this? Could you not see this? Could you, could you not see the, the connection of all of these things together? We're going we're gonna to create a narrative in, in, in George Floyd, which was wrong. And we're going to fan the flames. Racial tension's great for ratings. And then people went and lost their mind because they were unable to think for themselves and do their own research. And then we started paying attention after $2 billion of, re- of, of, of damage and, and more than a dozen people murdered during all of that and us moving the needle nowhere, more divided and more bitterly opposed to one another than ever. Right? They didn't stop. They had to go after the police. It's their fault. They're racist. They're gunning for us. And so people who are unscrupulous went out and they campaigned on that. 
And they took money from needy, needy police departments. And they demonized the police officer. And our cops got spit on. They had water dumped on them. They had rocks thrown at them. And the offenders walked scot-free. And so we sit back and we scratch our heads and wonder, what is it that led to this metropolis making of our a great American city? What's next? All of us with fingerless gloves on and, and wool jackets that moths have eaten through standing over, what, oil drum cans that are burning so we could stay warm? I mean, like, literally, how far are we from that? And so then they open up the borders and they welcome in um, the other countries' rejects. Open up your insane asylums. Open up your prisons. Bring them on in. And now we hear about New York City. We've got warring factions of MS-13 and Venezuelan gangs taking over the streets of New York City. That sure as hell didn't take long, did it? And you ask yourself, what happened? They tried to set up Donald Trump. They rigged an election. They lied to our faces. They created a terrible administration of Barack Obama 3.0, of being ashamed of Americans' extraordinary resilience. And this is called take-back time. I'm Wendy Bell. Delighted that you're here. I hope you come on back tomorrow. We'll be here with another Locked and Loaded show for you. Information. Have a great day, everybody. Peace. Peace.